Hello, everyone. This is Honoré Quarter. You can find me at honorécorder.com, and you're listening, lucky you, to the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. So welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I am your host. It's Paul Kemp. Today's episode, it's a really interesting journey. I'll tell you how this happened. Uh, I've been uh, having a good a good uh, tweet conversation with my next guest, and uh, he uh, introduced uh, the app to me that he was uh, currently uh, launching. And uh, I was just thrilled that he decided to join me on the show. Uh, his name is Ed Farius. Uh, he is a, a games app developer, and he's the creator of Hungry Hal. And he's here to talk through his journey, uh, the ups and downs of uh, what he's been through. So, Ed, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Thank you. Thank well, you for having me. I mean, first of all, it would be great to just kind of get a sense of what it's been like for you uh, developing Hungry Hal. Tell us a little bit about the journey you've had with that uh, that app. Yeah, um, I started developing it a, over a year ago. Um, the initial plan was to make a real quick two to three month game that I would launch last Halloween. Um, but as development went on, it 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 kind of grew. Um, you know, it was going to be a simple app to start out with, but then it just kind of kept growing. So I decided to push it off till this last Halloween. So it was in development for over a year. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. So really, you had a, 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 what you thought was going to be a quick app, and then suddenly, uh-huh. okay, I guess um, that, that could be a shared experience for many people listening right now. What, what do you think uh, kept the project just going on for so long? You know, it was it's actually my eighth game, I believe, um, on the mobile space. And it was the first one that I really uh, hired like a, a graphics artist. I hired voice actors and, and professional sound people. So that whole process, you know, as you do one thing that just looks and makes it all look more professional, um, you feel like you got to keep adding on to that. And so, you know, early on it had like my UI stuff, but professional graphics in there. So it looked, you know, didn't look good. So I just kept adding on to it and adding on to it to, to uh, just try to make it look better and, and feel better. Well, I mean, I'm really excited about learning about your journey because the, 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 there is no advice you know like some some formula that app developers need to follow to make a a success of their app i mean i will know that your your episode 195 literally that almost every story seems to have a variation of what why their app was successful Uh, and what i'd love to learn from you ed then is let's just kind of pick away at your journey because what what i'm getting the sense of is that you invested uh, your own money uh, your own enormous amounts of time uh, outsourcing a lot of the you know the graphics work and the the work that needed doing to make the the ultimate like app for you, and uh, I'm guessing that you built up a little bit of um, debt do, doing that and and extending the development cycle. Perhaps you could just kind of specifically walk us through uh, the, maybe what you've learned from it. Yeah, um, you know my all my other games kind of help me um, finance this this project, so. Um, I kind of keep the business and personal stuff separate. So, you know, when I start doing well with my other stuff, then I'm able to funnel that money back into a new app without, you know, putting pressure on personal financial stuff, which which is nice. So it's kind of been a slow journey, whereas I've started off, you know, making kids apps and just letting those kind of um, accumulate some some funds to uh, tackle bigger projects. So I, 
let me just be clear. Are you living off the uh, funds that you're you're generating from the apps, or I'm guessing you've got uh, a job as well that you you help uh, helps provide you an income? Yeah, no, I have a, a full time job, and and my wife does as well. So <laughs> okay. this is a this is a a hobby thing. Fortunately, my my real job actually lets me work on, um, you know, some projects from time to time as well. So. Uh, okay, well, that, I mean, that's really interesting because, yeah, again, we have a lot of uh, the Appster tribe listening to this show who uh, are in that same boat where they, maybe then you know, they want some creative outlet, some chance to use their, you know, their talents in terms of building apps, and uh, your your job allows you to to do that. How do you how do you end up managing all your time? Um, it's hard, you know. I have a a wife and and two kids, five and a nine year olds and a job and then this hobby. So, you know, I give up on other, some other things that I enjoyed doing in the past, like playing games. I don't get a chance to play games as much anymore, but that's right. I enjoy creating more than I enjoy actually playing. So. Oh, I'd love to talk about that because I have been on this journey, Ed, myself, and uh, what I've absolutely realized has happened to me is the more that I've had a passion for creating, the less I enjoy consuming stuff. And it really mm. is. I mean, I, I used to p- passively consume, you know, a lot of movies and uh, play games and all sorts of stuff. But uh, I, I very rarely do that now. I, I find it much more enjoyable to create stuff. Is that a fair comment? Uh, what, what would you say to that? Yeah, no, it's it's totally fair. I mean, even even playing games now, you kind of sit there and analyze the game as you're playing it, trying to figure out how the developer did the things that, that they did in that game. So even going back and playing old games, which is what I normally play anyways, you, you're just sitting there trying to figure out how it was done rather than actually enjoying <laughs> the game. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you're like one of the top chefs who can't eat a meal without, uh, <laughs> you know, criticizing the food. So, okay. So we, we, we've, you've had this uh, success with seven other apps, uh, kids apps and other games. And you eventually came to the idea of hungry Hal. Uh, it's taken you a year to go through it. Uh, so, um, what uh, what have you learned from the experience? What what uh, help could you provide others who may be at the start of that that journey? Um, the thing that I think I've learned the most is I had success with my other apps um, using ASO to you know get them or get them searches in in the app stores for whatever reason. Um, that was my goal going into Hungry Hal for the marketing side, and it just it it completely bombed, uh, <laughs> completely bombed. And you know, I actually learned quite a bit from it after it was done, which which is the hard part because when you have a good game, which well I believe is a good game, and the reviews and feedback that I've gotten back from it from the people that have played it, um, it's a good game and. Um, to not be able to get eyes on it is probably the single most frustrating thing. So um, I actually had a conversation with uh, with your sponsor, Gabriel, just the other day. And uh, he opened my eyes to some things. So um, in my last blog post, I actually went into a little bit more details of where, where I did fail in this process. And um, how you have to, I think, to compete in the App Store... In the app stores, you really have to separate um, your love and your passion for the game that you want to make um, and tackle games that the app store needs is, I guess, a way to say it. 
It's so challenging, isn't it? This is great. I, I, I feel like you're talking from your heart and we're, we're, you know, we're picking up a lot from you and I'm sure there's a lot of people in agreement right now. It is so easy to fall into the trap of, of building something you love. And, and in fact, actually, when you look at a lot of the popular things out there, perhaps they were built with passion. Uh, I'm thinking back to my chat with uh, Tony Stubbleby in the Lift app and, you know, no one liked that app at the start just him and, and he happened to show it to the founder of twitter <laughs> who loved oh. it as well <laughs> so he's like you know only took one person to love the app uh, apart from him and uh, and then eventually it became a very successful app and so it, i guess um it's what you're saying what i'm learning from you is that sometimes you have to separate what you're passionate about to what actually the app market needs yeah yeah i mean i think i mean the first thing um, Gabriel told me is, you know, why is it called Hungry How? That makes absolutely no sense to what type of game it is. And as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, now I see the connection with that and doing ASO for the game. It really doesn't make any sense. Um, but I think you can still you can still make games that you that you want to make. Um, I just think you have to approach it a little bit differently. Like right now, I, I say I want to make a racing game, um, and I. I feel like I can do that, but it may be a game that where you're racing goats or you're racing ponies rather than racing cars because that's where you can actually make a dent in in the you know in the app store space. Yeah, I guess as users, we've been overwhelmed by uh, new games coming on. Games, uh, if you look at the analytics from Flurry, games are one of the the most popular categories of apps within the app store uh, by far. You know, and uh, and so that there's just a, a huge amount of um, you know, free games as well. And I guess the biggest challenge we have right now is discoverability, as you're, you're telling us. But but I'm going to challenge you here, Ed, because I actually think if you built an app that you think the store wanted, but you didn't really have a buy-in or any passion to build, I don't think you would have sustained uh, working on it for a year and building such a beautiful thing. Right. No, you're, you're right. I mean, you're 100% right on that. And that's, that's kind of the challenge. That's where... Um, I think you got to kind of balance the two. Uh, my goal moving forward is to keep on working on that next passion project, that game I want to make, but also maybe set myself a goal of putting out one to two, you know, smaller games or apps uh, per month. That that is something that the that the app store is, is looking for or that is popular, um, just to kind of help, uh, you know, pay the bills while while I work on that project that I want to work on. Yeah, because uh, I mean, I'm thinking back as well to a chat that I had with the uh, a pre- previous episode with um, the founder of uh, Appbacker, and and he's created this credit scoring uh, process, and and he was giving out some numbers uh, about uh, most of the uh, profits from the App Store seem to be con- concentrated amongst the top publishers, top fifty publishers, and the average uh, developer is getting somewhere in the region of three thousand dollars a month a year, three thousand dollars a year, which is you know clearly not enough to live on. And so uh, I'm guessing that if anyone's coming into this, what what is it better to focus on the money or is it better to focus on just literally doing something you love and, and, and use other means to support yourself? I think, you know, like I said, I think there's a balance. I mean, I think, you know, the project that I love took me a year to make. There's There's no reason it could have taken me a year and a half to make instead. And I worked on smaller projects in between. Plus, it it gives you a chance to not get burned out on that project if you if you jump into some smaller 
projects, you know, that take you a week or two. Instead, um, it kind of gives you that break to to refresh your mind on your your main passionate app. So I think I think there's a balance that you can most definitely do. Yeah, I mean, this is good advice. So what I'm learning from you then, Ed, is just to uh, first of all uh, have a passion project, but uh, intertwine that with other. Uh, smaller projects that actually will uh, give you some good sense of uh, of uh, appetite for that game or that that particular category. Is it is it worth doing um, partnerships as well with people who already have uh, audiences that potentially you could launch into? Um, possibly. I've always been a kind of a solo by myself type of developer entrepreneur I guess you could say um in, in all of my my business journeys going back you know to 1999 when I started my first business so um I don't know I I, I never really got into partnerships and the, all the legal stuff and you know you start getting money splits and that type of stuff involved and um it starts getting messy so if, if I can do it on my own I'd prefer to um just because of that you know the money aspect of it can can get a little little iffy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, what I'm again learning from you, Ed, is that uh, you, you've had this passion project, Hungry Hal. It's a, it's a fantastic game. I, I do recommend anyone listening to this should go and check it out. I mean, we're we're obviously keen to see how good it is. Uh, you think it's a great app. It's not being discovered. I guess your launch day, there was no particular marketing strategy as such. You, you probably just got to the point where you uh, submitted it to, uh, I'm guessing, uh, Apple. And um, Is there an Android app as well? Yeah, yeah. It's actually on uh, Android, uh, Apple, and Amazon, and it's on Ouya as well. Um, yeah, oh, right. and I launched, it, I launched it the week before Halloween. Uh, thinking that would be a good a good launch time, and at the time I probably had I don't know maybe twelve hundred Twitter followers on my Hungry Hell account, um, and that was my strategy. Um, but you know, not knowing that Google takes you know two to three weeks to index all the the search rankings or your search data, your search your keywords. So you know that was mistake number one was launching it a week before Halloween rather than you know three weeks before Halloween where Google could actually you know, jump oh. up on those keywords uh, ahead of time. And did you launch all, all of the apps at the same time? Yes. Right, okay. So uh, would you recommend people launch uh, an app when it's finished every every uh, on every platform or focus on one platform? Uh, you know, it didn't, I don't really think it mattered to me. I think it, I think it depends on your marketing strategy. If, if you have, you know, thousands of followers and, and thousands of people waiting for your game to launch, then I think it makes sense. But um, if you're taking the approach of launch it and kind of see what happens and then go from there, then I'm not really sure it matters that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, I guess we've spoken to a lot of people who have uh, done Kickstarters and Kickstarter has the uh, added benefit that you uh, build up your audience before you even start working on the game. And uh, then you then you have a ready-made audience to, of, of people that have pledged to uh, launch the app into uh, and that gives right. some impetus uh, behind the uh, first week of launch uh, so one week before Halloween then you uh, as far as I can understand you uh, launched on across all the different platforms you are the first guest who has uh, had such a big uh, <laughs> amount of apps launching on the same day I don't I, don't, I can't <laughs> think of anyone who's uh, who's been on the show that has done the same sort of thing so it must have been it must have been a good day for you though after a year of building all that stuff just to kind of 
get on there, get get across the on all the platforms. It was. It was actually. Uh, it was a little stressful. It was a Friday, and and I launched it actually Thursday late evening, um, just because I was anxious and and wanted to get to bed. So I launched it, and and actually it took about twenty hours later. It still hadn't gone um, live on the app store. You know, I went through the review process, and it was all set up to to be ready to go, and then it hadn't launched yet. And I was thinking, man, what is going on? Why is this taking so long? Um, and finally realized that I had, and, and here's a tip for, for your, for your listeners. Um, if you set a date, uh, like, uh, you know, a forward launch date in the app store. Um, so I think I had set it to like the 30th, um, just to make sure that it, you know, it didn't launch when it got finished getting reviewed. Um, well that date sticks, even though I said launch now, um, that date sticks. So it didn't launch on the 24th when I said, go ahead and launch. It was still waiting for the 30th. So I had to go back in and manually change that to the 24th. So unfortunately, I found that out almost 24 hours later from I had launched it on, on Android. Okay, right. Uh, yeah, uh, and I know that uh, I think so, some people reported back that when you launch it on Apple, uh, it will take the first time zone. Uh, I believe so. It could be uh, you could get some uh, early downloads as well because uh, people downloading it in Australia and stuff. Where, where oh okay, um, but okay. So you you threw it all on the app stores and then what what a great day you went to bed and thought oh, that's it. I'm, <laughs> I'm guessing that you you had in your own mind some expectation on initial success. What what sort of idea were you? What sort of number would have um, made you happy? Um, you know, I was I was really happy after day one. You know, you always get that initial um, boost from the App Store, the, the you know the Apple Store. So I think on day one, um, I had almost three hundred downloads of of Hungry Hell, and I was like, oh yeah, you know, here we go. Um, and I can't remember exactly what I had on Google, which you know works a little bit differently, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, just seeing those those Apple numbers, I was extremely happy. Um, but I mean, pretty much day by day, the number halved. So <laughs> it went right. from three hundred to one fifty to seventy five. You know, each day. So yeah, I'm almost thinking like I mean, Apple have set this thing up. We don't know uh, how to game the system in a way, um, but some people have probably figured that out, and. Uh, and also then they it's almost like uh, they fl- kind of float in and decide who they want to uh, support. And if they support your app, like so we spoke to someone uh, in a previous episode uh, where he was making $50,000 a, a month. Uh, but uh, when Apple stopped supporting him and stopped showing his app in uh, the, uh, you know, in the most featured, uh, most noteworthy, then uh, it, that, that almost dried up and he had to leave the US. So uh, it. It, don't you think it's just um, sometimes, you know, we, we love them, Apple, but they, they do make life a little bit unfair. Well, they do. And I mean, their whole goal is making money, too. But, you know, even as a consumer, I already have Clash of Clans and Candy Crush and all these games. So when I go to the App Store to look for a game, you know, I have all the games that are on the top charts. So um, I'm not seeing anything new. And it takes, you know... Every once in a while, you start to see a new app creep up on on that that top charts list. But for the most part, you're seeing the same thing on there for months and months. Yeah, that, I think 
Uh, app discoverability is clearly uh, key. I mean, I'm thinking of my chat with Ran Melamed, who is trying to solve that whole problem of app discoverability by uh, presenting apps at the right time, at the right place when you need them. And uh, I always, almost can imagine, like, if your phone can track you, could, could it track some downtime that you may have? And then it could suggest, like, oh, you may want to play this game while you've got an hour free. You know, it tracks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's an app idea. Uh, okay, so we love to come up with app ideas. Ed on this show it's one of the, the right. segments on this show I feel like I've just chatted to you and, and come up with one <laughs> wouldn't it be great to have um, the ability to to get notified when you, you know your 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 phone can see that you've got nothing in your schedule you've got a bit of downtime uh, it knows that you're not sleeping and uh, it can suggest uh, something to just you know maybe you're on a, a commute or a train or something it'll suggest a, a really good game for you yeah I mean that sounds like uh that sounds like a great idea. Yeah, because um, I think that's the other challenge, isn't it? When we promote ourselves, you know, sometimes it's catching the the consumer, the user, the potential downloader at the right time in the right place. And, uh, you know, if they're, they're at work, they're not going to download an app and start playing it at work, you know, unless they, they don't care about their job. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I just think that... that uh, do you have any other app ideas that you want to chat to us about? Um. The one I have that's I don't know if it's if it's big or not, and I don't even know if it's doable because Apple has such restrictions. But um, it would be nice to have an app that would search the App Store, but would not search for apps or games that have over a certain amount of downloads or a certain amount of gross. Um, so you can actually search and get those smaller games that may not you may not be able to discover normally. Does that make sense? Oh, I would love that. I really would. And I've, I've been, uh, I've mentioned this on previous shows that I do feel like there's, there's a whole um, uh, array of uh, apps, like hundreds of them that we just would, you know, would be fantastic to use, but we never see because it's just, they're lost in amongst the uh, sea of uh, popular apps. And uh, I, I would love that. I would love to, you know, play some that are good, but, uh, you know, from indie app developers, or and actually, I'll tell you what I would love, and I know that other people, uh, when social media platforms are at a certain size where you don't get the trolls, you don't get the spam, you don't get the marketing, you just get the people on it. So like at a certain size, at the moment I'm using uh, the platform Tiny, uh, the the app called Tiny from Kevin Rose. And uh, it's, it's a great uh, social media site because there's not that many people on it. But I know when the masses come, then... Uh, it, it, it's going to be, you know, really rubbish. But uh, what a great idea! Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good one. Uh, so we'll put that down to the apps to tribe. If you want to build that, please, uh, you know, an app discoverability. Uh, in fact, I know we've got a listener who uh, does uh, manage to crawl the stores and uh, provide you with reviews and of your app and your podcast and uh, other things on iTunes. So uh, if you could just do something like that, please, then that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Ed, and put a, put a Hungry Hell banner at the top. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you might as well. Uh, it, what have you got on your phone then? You you mentioned that uh, you you love apps. Well, this is the App Guide podcast. We'd love to know uh, what one or two apps, perhaps that we haven't discovered yet, that you could re- help us with. Yeah, I'm actually looking on my iPad because I have a Windows phone, which you probably don't want any apps on the windows phone yeah you 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 are one of the <laughs> i think there's been three guests that have carried windows phone uh, phones in 195 so uh what, what does that tell you yeah exactly um but no um let's see on my ipad i have i have two i have one called um app all-stars 
which is um, it's just kind of like a an informational app. It basically is like looking at all the rankings and stuff from the app stores um, or of the app store. It kind of gives you rankings and you know which games have gone up and down and which categories and the amount of downloads they got that that day or that seven days. Um, so you can kind of look at it and see trends or you know kind of see what's happening in in the app store. Um, and then the other one is just a small app called Grow a Game, which is kind of a, like a brainstorming um, a brainstorming app where it gives you it gives you categories. Um, that you kind of put the four categories together and, and come up with a game idea. So, for example, it has like a verb, a game type, a challenge, and a value. So the one I just brought up is uh, a need for speed type game. The challenge is displacement. The value is cleanliness. And the verb is brightening. Wow. Okay. Well, I tell you, you've managed to <laughs> you managed to pick some apps that have never been mentioned. So that's good. At least you didn't say Evernote. And I, I can't believe I said that now. So, um, Ed, that, that's wonderful. You know, we have got a few minutes left, and uh, I feel like you've been sharing your journey. You know, it feels like we've shared almost a little bit of the heartache with you uh, from spending a year on the App Store to like get you know, uh, such uh, little attention, I guess, when it came to the, uh, the launch day. And, uh, um, you know, so I, I personally feel for you and we, we all feel, I'm sure that we couldn't ask, ask you to leave without um, talking about some of the successes that you've had. I mean, you mentioned seven other apps beforehand, so you've obviously been at this for some time. Uh, would you be able to spend the last five minutes talking about one of the successes that you've had uh, with launching an app? Sure. Um, Actually, probably my biggest success is probably the first game that I launched. Um, <laughs> it's gone downhill since then. <laughs> yeah, it's like, really? Um, no, my first app was just, you know, was learning the software and um, decided to make a simple game. And it was a kid's word search game, which apparently there wasn't much at the time. And I had no idea about, you know, searching the app store for what what was needed. So I made a kid's word search game and um, it's done really well on the, on the app store. It's been on the app store for... Um, oh my gosh, maybe going on three years now, maybe two, uh, two and a half years. Um, and it's had its ups and downs, um, but it still brings me in money every month. Um, so there's that. And then they have a kid's spelling game, which has done really well on Android. Um, that game gets between three and 400 downloads a day. Um, it's all ad based. So, you know, there are some successes, but then I made, you know, word search for kids works so well. Let's make a word search for kids too, which um, has not lived up to the first one. Even though it's <laughs> it's uh, the game is ten times better than the first one ever was, um, but you know, it just it, it never took off like the first one did. So so yeah, there's definitely some some ups and downs um, along the way. Yeah, I think what you've uh, really put across to us, and and certainly this has been very educational for me and others, is that uh, that the randomness of uh, the app store, and and also uh, the the fact that sometimes you can't rely on repeatability of your uh, initial success, and right. so just because something's been successful doesn't mean that that could be repeated. And so, um, you know, it's, it's been just so great going through the, this whole stuff. You, really, you got any summary thoughts, any final parting thoughts on on your experience? And, and for all those people listening, uh, any guidance on uh, the things to watch out for? And what would be your parting thoughts? 
Um, parting thoughts would probably be um, keep making that game that you love, that you want to make. Um, but if you want to do this for a living and, and not have a regular job, then you're going to have to you're going to have to make maybe some apps or some games that you're not particularly in love with um, to help pay the bills, so to speak. Yeah, I almost want to put it into context because isn't it amazing the way we speak? Like, so for for example, if I imagined, just bear with me on this one. If I imagined setting up a shop, say on a high street, and I had 300 people every day coming in and buying something, it would be just the most enormous successful shop. You know, I would be very happy. Uh, but we don't feel like we get success in the App Store when we have, you know, a few hundred downloads a day, for example. Uh, it, we, we can't appreciate these numbers, we, we know, because because the news has bombarded us with uh, all these successes, you know, one, one million downloads, 50 billion downloads now, you know, surpassed yeah. them. And so, you know, we, we, almost like you, you have to feel like you're going to get like a million downloads. And yeah. uh, I mean, I'm marching towards a million app sessions on my apps and that, yeah, it's, it's great, but... It's almost like we need to visualize, you know, imagine 300 people coming up and buying that physically from you every day. Right. What, what a different mindset you would have. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, here's a, here's a dollar. Uh, thank you, you know, walking away. <laughs> and then literally there's this queue of 300 people long at your door. I mean, yeah. it would just seem so successful. Don't you think it's the, the way we've almost framed the the success on the App Store? We've, we, we've uh, lost sight of just how uh, immensely popular a lot of this stuff is. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, when you think about how many smartphones are out there in the wild, you know, you're, you're 300 downloads a day. And, and to be honest with you, I don't even know how uh, – that's the frustrating thing. I don't know how my spelling game does that. You know, It's a free app with, with ads, but it, it does pretty well. Um, but I've been trying to figure out how, how it does it for the last three months to you know, put that information into my other games to get them boosted. But I, I have no clue. And nope. this is what annoys me is I have to say, like, you know, this is really close to my heart because you and I are both creators. And one of the frustrations I have as a creator is we never get to almost see or witness the joy that our content and our, you know, stuff brings to people. So, right. uh, you know, the fact is that we're talking now and there's, there's uh, several hundred people probably playing one of your games and uh, it's bringing, you know, real joy and, and entertainment value to an educational value to their lives. But we never get to witness that. And, and no one ever seems to, you know, to take to Twitter or uh, any of the social media sites and just t tell the world how wonderful this game is. They just enjoy it privately. Uh, and we never get to hear about that. And uh, as creators, I feel like especially the review process, it seems a little bit broken and uh, it would be nice to get a little bit more feedback, uh, obviously positive, <laughs> uh, our yeah. way. Yeah, I mean, like my word search game, it have it as you know an ed educational uh, discount on the App Store and there'll be times where it'll sell like 40 of them in one day to obviously to some educational institution. Um, and I, but I have no idea, you know, where it went. I'd just like, I'd love to talk to that teacher or whoever bought it and be like, Hey, you know, how are you using this, you know, with your kids or, you know, is there anything I could do to improve it or anything like that? But you, there's no way to get that feedback from anybody. Yes. Well, there you go. There's another app idea. If anyone's thinking then uh, some inbuilt feature within an app that would make it extremely easy to provide some great 
uh, feedback. I mean, one of the things I wanted to do on this show, uh, I, I think I may have mentioned it in the past, is uh, if anyone's discovered an app through this show, maybe uh, even this episode, I'd love to get positive audio notes of a minute uh, or shorter and, and send those on to the app developers. Uh, because I just feel like there's not enough feedback, positive feedback as well, going to the creators of uh, the, these apps that we use in our daily lives. We just seem to have this as users, this uh, like expectation that things are free and uh, that we, we're owed them. Right. So, well, there you go. <laughs> Sorry about that. But it did it did strike a chord with me, Ed. And I'm, I'm just so pleased that you came on. Thank you so much for sharing uh, your journey. How best can we connect and reach out to you? Uh, yeah, my uh, Twitter is at IndieElf. Um, and then my website is elf-games.com. And then my blog is elf-games slash edblog. Uh, those are probably the best ways. Great. Okay. Well, and uh, if anyone didn't catch that, you need to quickly refer. Just go to uh, theappguy.co and uh, just search for uh, Ed Farius and uh, you will find him our episode 195 of the App Guy podcast. So, Ed, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being so authentic and genuine. Uh, we appreciate your, your time and uh, look forward to uh, the, the next big hit. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, it was... Uh... It was really great. I really appreciate you letting me be on.